A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, good evening. Take number two on the Tuesday Live Lounge. Um, welcome along, everyone. Um, we went through all the intros once and then hands up. I forgot to press the like button, you know. It was close. The the reason for my delays. I've heard all this before. We've already had one take of the live show. He went. He went and got whatever, changed. Whatever, what, yeah. Whatever. Whatever anyone says tonight, that can be the mistake. So it's fine. I'll be. Uh, um, be let off for any of my views. <laughs> yeah. Before we jump in, welcome along everyone in the chat room. Uh, Matt, Harry, Kieran, Sam. How are we all doing? Um, Kevin, Rose is in. Alex, Tommy, how are we doing? Uh, Mike, Bill, uh, Rose is in as always. Lendl, how are we doing? Uh, Philip from Germany, hope you are well, my friends. Um, Curtis, Laura, I'm sure Maisie's there as well. And John watching along. Um, chat room, you are not going to want to miss tonight. There is plenty to discuss. And the last 24 hours, boys, has literally lit the darting world again. <coughs> Yay. <laughs> so sarcastic, God. 
Um, so, well, I saw, look, tonight's I, I don't want to blow my own trumpet, but I think I'm potentially on to quite a nice career in darts here. And by the end of the show, not a chance. <laughs> You're trying to destroy me, Philip. Um, Rose, that is on the list. It's not the only one. Um, there are plenty to discuss. So tonight's kind of running order. Uh, we uh, look back at the Euro Tour as Dave Chisnell ends a three-year wait for a title. Then we are going to review, or sorry, preview the Foil Sports World Grand Prix. And then we are going to do a week in darts stroke January and February. Just got very interesting and busy. Um, uh, evening, Craig. Hope we are good. Uh, Philip, yep, it's going to be interesting. Boys, are we ready? There's yeah, no turning I'm, back I'm now. Just, just before we go into it, I do want to remind everyone that Dob is miserable, not just on a Monday. He does roll into a Tuesday as well, and we're going to see that in full throttle tonight. I have that feeling. I'm not miserable. Evening, I'm logical. Stupid. Stupid. Too, are, mate. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, how are we doing, Wim? Um, so, well... <laughs> We'll jump straight in. We're going to go back to the Euro Tour. Um, Darts back in Belgium. And first of all, lads, a huge success. Do you know what? Before we get into anything, because normally we give them a bashing at the end, genuinely, the crowd looked fantastic. The arena looked decent. The fact it was on TV in a couple of extra regions meant the backdrop looked so much better. The staging of it looked fantastic. And we don't normally give crowds a lot of credit, but that is one of the best crowds you've ever seen. They were very, very vocal, loud and supportive of their own players. They didn't get on anybody else's back. They just went quiet and allowed the players to get on with it. They picked the right moments to get loud and supportive in, in the general moments once they'd lost all their Belgians. They were fantastic. Yeah, fully agree yeah, I'll, on that one. I'll, I'll second that. I was like straight away on Friday afternoon. I was speaking to the two of you to say I was impressed with the Friday afternoon. And normally, if we can see something like that from a numbers perspective, and obviously we didn't know by then how there was gonna sort of I don't know the crowd performing with odds to the booing and jeering and all that whistling, all that sort of stuff. But from a numbers perspective, it looked very good from the Friday afternoon, um, and that just set it up perfectly for what Dob explained was a very very good weekend. And hopefully. Um, Plenty more to come in Belgium. Yeah, absolutely. Right, we're going to go through all of the first round ties, boys, but let's pick um, the, the the best and the shockers from the afternoon and evening session. First of all, for you, God, what stands out? Question. Bradley Brooks with a win over Chris Dovey. Definitely a standout. Finally getting that O gone because that was a very, very one-sided head-to-head -head record indeed. Uh, Ross Smith looks very, very sharp again. Uh, and Mike did that. Uh, not Mike Decker, Mervyn King, right? Not the toughest of opponent you've ever seen. Um, but Merv had a really, really, really bad start to the year. A terrible start here. He could not buy a win. And just working his way back into your tour events and just picking up early round results is massive heading into the back end of the year for him. Yeah, agreed. Mm 
I suppose one problem disappointment was maybe Cameron Menzies. Boys, he's he's not put in a stinker like that for a while. Yeah, it was it, it was just a doubling disaster, wasn't it, from him to be honest. It, from a chances created, it could have easily been six one the other way around, but there was only one person who looked comfortable on the outer ring and some of those from Tammy just wasn't wasn't even troubling the double. Um probably one other thing that sort of spun out to me for a, a moment of madness was the Sedlacheth van Dealey. If I pronounce his name wrong, I apologise. I normally do. Um, but that, that opening lead was just crazy. The fact that he's only missed one dart to double all game and it was busting a 1-3-1 by taking out 1-5-1 in the opening lead was just a very, very crazy start to uh, a Friday afternoon session. Only coming in game three. Um, but probably one for me that I was very impressed with was Team Barry, I thought. I know we've spoke about him before, but I thought Team Barry was very good at then staying off the line and then Danny Badish. Yeah, and look, we all knew what was on the on the line for Ross Smith in the opener as well, that a win would probably put him in the World Grand Prix at the time. And not only did he do that, a hundred average bashing up Steve Beat and got Smudger sent out a real statement in that opener. He did, and he's another who, start of the year, did not really go to plan. Ross Smith was in fantastic form at the back end of last year, and a player who, if he produces his A game more often than not, he's, he's approaching a top 16 talent. I genuinely think Ross Smith has come on that far in the 10 years or so that he's been floating around PDC darts. Um, but he, he had a stink at the start of the year, and the fact that he's managed to pull that out, start building on those results, we're starting to see that little bit more stability in his game right now, sending out a message to Beats DB like that, and go, right, you lot are going to have to do something special to knock me out of this spot this weekend, uh, was solid from him. Yeah, completely. Um, looking at another one, although he outscored Jamie Hughes, I've been to man of all be disappointed because going into this Ty Boise, he was still in the mix to qualify for the Grand Prix, although he would have needed maybe a semi-final or a final, it just didn't misfire in the opening round. Yeah, and that, that probably could be the difference between him and sort of Ross Smith, is that Ross Smith knew that one day would potentially be enough and Vincent van der Voort was potentially already planning sort of his route into last stages and took his eye off the first round and Jamie Hughes punished that it's what we get from Vincent sometimes. We know that his A game, how good it is, but his B game it doesn't get anywhere near where it should be. Uh, and Jamie used that says punish that, and it was just the end of the road in that race for Vincent. Yeah, completely. Um, any others that jump out from the opening day? Not that I can see that we've not already really touched upon. No, obviously, Gildan beating Whitlock has got a close <coughs> top billion basically for that reason, apart from the Belgian boys. Um, I, I think fair enough. Uh, moving on to the Saturday. Obviously, no Gary Price, Michael Smith 
were the two big absentees. Yeah. Michael Smith and went to Adams win four in a row, and Gezi jetted off for a few days in the sun. On Luke Humphries, I guess, when we're talking about the Euro Tour, yeah. it would be very harsh not to mention Luke as well. If it was probably uh, one of the big ones, obviously he's not in those discussions yet, but Luke was the other one who, who missed it for different reasons. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. Um, so moving on, round number two, and we'll start right at the top. The number one seed, um, MVG, will be scratching his head. Although it was brilliant for the Belgian fans that Ken Hybrex kept them on their feet. I go back to the second, the penultimate leg, and it was just a freak show, wasn't it? And then MVG misses, what was it, nine clear darts at a double to level it up at five apiece? Yes, yeah, so he was on 40 after 12. Kim was on 335. Kim then scored 60 to lead 275. MVG opts to bust because he's not on a finish. Uh, same again. Kim scores a ton. when he's, he's throwing higher up at this point as well. So at 3-3-5, he starts throwing further towards tops, just trying to get his arm going a little bit. Um, really quite bizarre that he just stopped aiming for the treble. Uh, the next visit needs 105 or better. He scores two singles, so he fires the last out in the treble. To score a ton, 1-7-5. MVG goes inside again, and instead of leaving double five, bust once again. Um, Kim returns to score just 41, not really applying the pressure. Uh, and this time MVG misses all three. Uh, and then Kim takes out one, three, four, 54 tops, tops. Um, mad. Mental leg. Absolutely crazy. Yeah, oh, just absolutely bonkers. In terms of shocks as well, Boise, the number one seed went along with the world champion beating 6-5 by Neil Zonneveld. It was seed again. Yeah, it, it, it was a toss. The Saturday it was one that wasn't expected at all. Um, I would probably say similar to Michael wasn't expected to be that though in that way. Um, but it just seemed we we've had we've had these days before where we've had five or six drop. Um, but it was Zonneveld doing it over Peter Wright, who for me, there's still a few question marks about his name. I know we were speaking about the top three going into the back end of the year and Wright, he's going to be dangerous. But on the basis of him coming back from a recovery, it's not as big a shot as it would be if this was played probably in a month's time. Yeah, I suppose another a huge plus point, and I don't want to give the false dawn again because we've done it so often, how good did Adrian Lewis look against Boris Kirchmar? Went back to his fate or his generation phase two, whatever they are, that are pretty much identical to the previous start that he won the world titles with. And 100, no, but all, all bar 103 average and that 164 finish, that was vintage jackpot gob. Yeah, and look, we're starting to see those moments a little bit more often now. We missed the last Euro Tour, not quite sure why. I think it was personal circumstances, so it's a little bit of a late withdrawal. Uh, he just has to keep his momentum going for the back end of the year. Th these three months ahead of the World Championship can do wonders for a player. And if you hit an upturn now, start doing well, achieving, getting yourself in this TV tournament, so going on a little bit of a run, you can be back up to the top 16 in absolutely no time, especially a player of Adrian Lewis's ability. If he gets his mental side of the game right, he gets his preparation right, 
um, and, and, and just accepts that everything from here is a bonus, then I genuinely think he could be dangerous. And, and this time next year, we could be talking about him top 16 and beyond. He's that good. Yeah, no, I, still I is. Fully, fully agree. Um, Johnny Clayton edged out King Barry in a, in a tense game. Um, Rusty Jake edged out Damon Hetter. Um, Hetter just stopped firing at the moment. Yeah, it, it's another. It's a player who we spoke about from. Does obviously he had the experience of the World Series, didn't pick up the wins, um, played well, but then it's about getting back to into that winner's circle because at the moment, as probably Dobbs just mentioned there with Lewis and the tournaments that are coming up, Diamondette is in all of these, but he's got to be getting the wins on the board. Does he feed them that one as well? He's going to be the same and looking into that top sixteen. Essentially, even top 10 if you think the form that he hit um, early on in the year. But another weekend without a win. So, worrying for me now for Damon. Um, needs to find that Damon then. And more importantly, just needs to find a result somehow. Yeah, also as well, home hearts were broken. Two defeats for the Belgians. Uh, Mike the Decker lost to Rob Cross. And the Belgian number one lost to an inspired Andrew Gilding. So at this point, Gob, it was only Kim Hybrex left. Yeah, and he was obviously last up at that point as well. We've just spoken about him. Uh, Dimmy's been a little bit hit and miss. I think he's finding his feet with the new equipment. I thought the performance for him, though, was just that little bit flat. He was missing that extra little bit of oomph. I'm not sure if that's the rhythm that Andrew Gildin plays at. There aren't many players that can dictate the pace of play against Dimitri Vandenberg because he's so diverse and comfortable, a slow pace and a fast pace. But Andrew Gildin is one of those. He will not be budged from that setup, mate. As much as yeah. I don't enjoy watching it, 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 it's an asset to him. It's a bit like <laughs> Mentor Sulevich in the past. You, you cannot throw Mentor Sulevich off. And I think Gildin yeah. is one of them. Home crowd, lots of pressure, new sponsor, new equipment, etc. Um, he'll get there. He's definitely way, He's definitely good enough for it. He's, he's still banging in 180s and whatever. Um just a couple of weeks in, in that transition phase, isn't it? Is there extra pressure on Dimitri with the manufacturer change? Because whenever anyone switches, not just Dimitri, there are all eyes on you because nine times out of ten, it involves a new dart and everything that goes with it. Yeah, the, there's, um, for me, there's probably is added pressure and the timing of when that is, when we're coming into the the back end of the year and it's the biggest three months of the year and um, that pressure only gets enhanced as we then be seeing him i know the dark calendar's crazy is and we see a lot of action near enough every week but we're going to see the the major tv tournaments over these next few months and for me that just increases and it's just making sure that he, he's getting those deep runs as we've seen him that more um plenty of times before more in blackpool than anywhere else but there is pressure on his shoulders now more than there was a couple of months back for me. Moving on. Not not every change brings about that pressure, by the way. But when you move to a manufacturer as big as Vocal and whose market is at the level that it is with the new manufacturer, that definitely brings pressure because he is young, major winner, recognised across lots of continents in this sport and has a very very big future ahead of him 
there is absolutely no way he's gone there for little money. He, he, he's gone for big bucks. And that's a bit like a footballer with a transfer. Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, and whilst he will have back in Merck, the rest is on his performances. Yeah, yeah. Uh, moving on into the final stay or the final day of darts in Belgium. Um, Andrew Gilding's amazing run continued. He qualified for the final session with Neil Zonneveld. Uh, Martin Schindler did a job on Rusty Jake. And now this was arguably what it was for me. This was the game of the tournament between Johnny Clayton and Dirk van Dijvenrode. Both of them north of the 105 average. And it just wouldn't surprise me to see these two playing in the back end of major tournaments. Obviously not the World Grand Prix. Spoiler alert. Um, but these two served up a real treat, Gob. Yeah, I was going to say, that is an absolute stinker of a draw at the Grand Prix. It's almost not fair that they've clashed that early because over that small distance, I don't think they'll be at the best out of each other. But when they produce and the rhythm that they can just go at, they just suit each other so nicely. You know, in the past, when we've spoken about um, like 2015, 2016, Gary versus MVG. And they both just got on with it. They both just allowed each other to play in their rhythm suits. These two are exactly the same. They just head down, throw the darts, nice pace, get on with it. They'll take out the odd big finish. You'll get the big misses. Dirk will miss a big number. Johnny will miss count. It, it's just set up for a good game constantly. Even when they play badly, they tend to play badly at the same time. Yeah, I am with you there. But it was just a damn good game of darts. Um, Gabriel Clement beat Rob Cross. Um, good performance from the German number one. And then we've said this, this is becoming a bit of a broken record, Boise. I, I try not to say it, but you can't help it. Jose de Souza was sensational in beating Ryan Searle. However, spoiler alert, again, the drop is just ridiculous from that high to that low within a couple of hours. Yeah, it. It seems to be that quarterfinal to the semi-final and it's harsh to criticise a player who's constantly then to the quarterfinal and that's why we're talking about him in this final day. But that quarterfinal to... Sorry, that last 16's quarterfinal, not um, quarterfinal semi-final. That drop in between the afternoon and the evening session when it's the two games on the same day is... I, I don't think I've seen a player with who's now consistently dropping with such a number... Um, because it is getting close to that 20 mark every time. Um, and it is a worrying sign. I guess the one flip side of it, the positive, is the Jose 106 sort of average we've seen this week, and it wasn't too dissimilar a couple of weeks back. That wasn't in Jose over the probably the past six months. It was very rare we've seen him hitting um, ton plus averages. So they are coming back, but there is a worry when it's the two games in the one day just doesn't seem to be able to adapt like the rest of the field then. Yeah. Um, Danny Knoppert saw off Joe Cullen in another high-quality affair. Gob, again, both over the 100 average. Joe Cullen is just steady at the moment. And I say that because he's lost this with a ton-plus average, but he's in and around it all the time at the moment. But Danny Knoppert is just doing what Danny Knoppert does. They're both incredibly steady and they both win an awful lot of games with their B game at the minute. The fact they both produced close to their A game in this one uh, just means that Joe's been unfortunate to miss out. It's a break of throw in one direction. It can happen. Um, 
he, he won a Euro Tour a couple of weeks ago, considering the World Series he's been on. This is probably an improvement in terms of performance for Joe, because that Euro Tour, he didn't get anywhere near this level of performance. He went on to lift the title. So that's just the way that the sport and, and darts can go sometimes. It's good to see Danny back to winning ways. Um, he's had a couple of weeks where he's been early exit, straight in the, straight in the showers for a, an early bath, if you like. Um, but those two are going to be top 16 for the foreseeable, and I don't see them moving anytime soon. Yeah, and Adrian Lewis ended Belgium hopes. He defeated Kim Hybrex 6 1 uh, into the quarterfinals um, and then bottom to top this time around. Andrew Gilding defeated Martin Schindler quite comfortably. Um, and then Johnny Clayton missed the 1 4 1 this weekend, defeats Gabriel Clements 6 5. This was Gabriel Clements' first European quarterfinal. Um, again, solid averages from the both, but Clayton over the line. Chisnell dispatched them below par to Salza and Noppert beat Lewis. Semi-final time. And at this point, Andrew Gilding is motoring. Um, he beats Johnny Clayton. Again, solid averages from both. And it was a final for Goldfinger. Second semi-final. Dave Chisnell turned on the style, boys. And at this point, Chizzy Rascal is motoring. <laughs> just a little bit, just a little bit. The obviously those with the nine in the in the game. Um, however, that aside, um, it just seemed a lot better from Chizzy. I've I've jumped in this once. I know Dobson and Glows a little bit as he told this a week or two back on socials that the the Chizzy throw was getting better. I won't say it's getting back to anything because it's the Chizzy throw is a bit different. Is it? Is there a best way of Chizzy throwing? But um. In this game was a for me was probably as much as a complete performance um, as you are gonna see, and to do it against Danny Nopper, who is this year within the top ten best players probably across the year, and for Chizzy to put in that level of performance, start that way, and how many times have we seen someone hit a nine and then not down on and win the game, and um, for Chizzy then to still maintain a high level. After it in that was just a sensational and one of the for me one of the best uh Euro tour performances we've seen this year. Yeah, and Gob did call it look there are, there have been huge signs that Chizzy is approaching somewhere near his best. Look, I'm still not convinced about the throw under extreme pressure. However, this weekend it was brilliant. I'm not convinced about the throw under pressure, but the tweet that I made and the observation that I made and the fact that it's come true is that there are positive signs if you're a Dave Chisnell fan right now because he's getting results and the darts are going exactly where they need to be. Look, it is not pretty. It will never be pretty. If you are a coach out there, if you are a youngster out there and you need advice on your throw, please do not watch Dave Chisnell because it is atrocious aesthetically, mechanically. It shouldn't work. It just does work. And it just causes so many low darts when he's under a lot of pressure because of the way he releases and snatches them. But, but that's a completely different matter. He has been superb the last few weeks. This has been building three years of that title for Chizzy, which seems mad, even as a, just a pro tour or anything. Um, but he has been absolutely solid and he deserves it. He's, he's run into a couple of tight ones in quarterfinals and semifinals the last few weeks. I think he's had a few battles with Luke Humphreys at the last stages, uh, Rob Cross as well. Um, 
Palacio Fan, which is from start to finish. The nine data as well. He is, look, despite the fact he is one of the biggest 180 hitters the game's ever seen, I still never back him for the 141 because I still think there's a low loose start in there somewhere. But he just he, he just keeps doing it at the minute. He looks magnificent. And if he's going to... My concern for Chizzy is we've seen this before and one bad game can derail him massively. If he goes to the Grand Prix, struggles to get in for a couple of legs, gets beaten first round, it might take us another 18 months to see this level from Dave Chisnell. He doesn't tend to stay at that level after a bad performance. There is a big drop. So the longer he can keep this up, the better. And hopefully he can go on and, and get close to... The, the form this weekend from the from the Euro Tour is major winning form. It, it's breaking that duck major winning form. Yeah, agreed. Obviously, you can see by the picture there, Dave Chisnell defeated Andrew Gilding in the final, but a, a tremendous weekend for Andrew Gilding. It's another PDC final. More importantly, it was a new dart shirt for the first time ever. It wasn't the old traditional button-up shirt, and that which, which was nice to see, but no, Andrew Gilding's had a fabulous year in getting to a final. That that kind of form, you feel there's definitely a Pro Tour title in him. Um, just needs to, to hook it up um, but we're trying not to sound as if we're rushing, but there is loads to talk about. So, moving on. We have a ranked tournament for a <coughs> ranked TV ranger. Um, I know Gob's been craving these. Um, and it is the Ball Sports World Grand Prix. Sadly, not in Dublin. Still Dublin, but not on the Emerald Isle for the third year in a row. First of all, boys, before we get into the draw, I know it's no one's fault it's not been at the City West, but the longer it's away, is it harder to go back? Potentially, yes. Um, For me, it's always going to be known as, the the World Grand Prix is always going to be known as the, the tournament that the major TV tournament that's played in Dublin, um, it's played in Ireland, that's played with the Pro Tools, two Pro Tools before it. It sort of had the same feel to it year on year and that just, that change of move to Leicester, it does make it a little bit more difficult and it is closer to home for me, so selfishly I should prefer it in Leicester, but actually the feel of the drum free and sort of the history of it for me, I think we will see Del Bat. I'm just not sure how soon It's interesting. Well, I don't. My my concern is obviously. I don't know how many other venues there are in England, and I think the problem is if you take it back to the city, I'm not sure where else you could host it. Part of the appeal is it's got the hotel on site. You have a double pro tour, so you'd lose that aspect if you put it pretty much anywhere else in Dublin because of the turnaround time, which becomes a little bit of an issue. and I just think it's been gone too long. Look, Dublin in Dublin is, is one of the best things they've ever stumbled across by far. But it's been gone so long for varying reasons like COVID. We've now got it housing uh, Ukrainian refugees. It just seems to be the go-to for disaster relief in the city, or just outside of the city, rather. And... I don't see the global outlook changing as, as doomsayer as that is right now. If it's not COVID, if it's not the war in Ukraine at the minute, 
there will be something else at the minute. It feels like that hotel is just set to be that sort of venue for the foreseeable. And it's fantastic that they are, but we do lose a dying venue. Yeah. Um, however, only eight seeds in this one. And I'm not going to lie, this is up there with one of the most brutal first-round draws I have ever seen in my life, boys. Before we, we dive into it, there are some stinkers for players in this one. Yeah, I think, Just I think part of that is because you've only got the eight seeds as well. If you have 16, I think it maybe changes it up a little bit more. But the, the having of the eight seeds allows that possibility more than what it would if half the field seeded. Um, but I remember us having that conversation, <laughs> well, quite similar when we saw the match play first round draw of how brutal that was. I do think this one is, is even more brutal. Some of the dames in here were just ridiculous. For a first round tie, and without going into each and every one, the one we've already alluded to, the Johnny Clayton and Dirk Van Dyven, that was just one of those of how ridiculous that is. And that probably isn't the standout first round tie, and that probably says it all, that it isn't. Yeah, we'll come on to them in a second. Uh, Dan, just a quick one. I've spoke to Matt about this before. The PDC love the Bic at Bournemouth. It just isn't big enough. It only holds around 12, 1,300 people. Um, that's why it's not used. It's just not big enough anymore. Um, it's right for the middle but as well. By the time you get to the semis the final, it's just not enough. Yeah. Um, again, another one, the El Clasico of darts in round one. And for a tournament that Gary Anderson has to win to keep hopes alive and everything like this, everything that's on it, to stop him going to a qualifier for the slam, drawing Michael Van Kerwin is not the, not the one you want, is it? Well, you know, look, if you're going to draw him and you're going to play him, get him early in the ground of Grand Prix because Gary Anderson for the last 18 months has been a 75% plus double hitter or a 20% double hitter. If he's the first one of those, Michael could be in trouble. Yeah. Yep. Um... Uh, yeah, agreed, Philip. It, it is a coin toss because of the short format and, and the double in start. So, just looking at it, I'd like a tie of the round off of each of you boys. Just one. Just what? I would like your, I would like your tie of the round. You can only pick one. Yes, <clears> there are lots of good ones. But I would like one from you. I'm going to move away from the seeds. And I love the look in whatever format it would be in, but probably even more so on the Grand Prix. I love the look of Trish Stolby and Louis Humphreys. I think that can be a tractor. I really do. I think it's the dough all the way. We know there's been them question marks with Dolby's level on TV. But if you can find it, we know that Luke can. And I think for me, that one could be a cracker and also could be over in a very, very quick time because of the pace of the Pavon player in this short format. Gob? I don't know. <laughs> Bro, 
throw a dart at one and see what sticks. Christ. There's about four Which you one? can pick that I don't fancy. The rest of them, fine, carry on. <laughs> After this weekend. I will take... Do you know what I really like? Do you know what I like, actually? It's an absolute stinker of a draw. For... Look, everything's a stinker of a draw in this draw. Uh, Michael Smith, Nathan Aspinall. Yeah. Two players that wear their heart on their sleeve are going to give it into each other. Could be over very, very quickly. If they both turn up, it could be incredibly high scoring and, and, and fantastic watch. They're both more than capable of turning up and averaging less than 80 as well. If they don't get in on the doubles or they start up in the on-bobble or whatever, that, that could be super. I'm actually looking forward to Jose against Adrian. After what we saw at the weekend... You're up, Again, for the, for, for the reason that we've both seen them have big ton plus averages and we've both seen them average low 80s. For the, for, it could be it could be brilliant because of the darts, but it could be brilliant because it's NAF as well. As Dan Dawson once yes. said, silly darts is better than good darts. Average darts. Not better than good darts. Better than average darts. <laughs> good darts. Um, silly darts. Average darts. Vodka Wednesday darts. Out of the eight <laughs> seeds, again, chat room, you can get involved in this as well. Out of the eight seeds, which one is in most danger? All eight. No, I would like Not one, one. Lee. <laughs> Gezi's fine. Gezi's absolutely fine. One. Two. Yeah, I'll take it back. I think, four, I think half are fine and half are in danger. So if I had to pick one. No, I've got five and three is the I think Gezi, Wadey, and Snake by a safe. Look, Kim is playing much more better, and he definitely does have the game to beat Peter, but I just don't see it happening unless he changes darts and can't get him to start with. See, I disagree on Wadey. I think Martin Ludman can. I know Wadey's Dublin's. I, I think the seed most at risk, the, the game that I see most as 50 50, is Rob Cross, Darryl Gurney. I'm going big on Gurney oh. for the back end of it. There's just that mean streak, that little bit of a swagger about him, that little bit of growing confidence about him. The fact that he's now worked out how to throw the flat dart for a 60 checkout, he seems comfortable using that at the same time. Scoring power looks back. That's a real toss-up for me. If I had to pick one, Michael Smith, I just think how dangerous Aspinall can be on doubles and obviously it's a very very key aspect in this in this format more than any uh, and we've seen Michael Smith at times go off he's doubling quite recently I think he'd have been danger against the Asp um, and that one's a time toss for me but real real danger for Michael Smith Yeah, again, Johnny's an obvious one as well because 
of the way Dirk plays. Um, I'm just, I'm going with the Adrian that I want to see, and I think Jose may be in a spot of bother if we see the Adrian from the weekend. It, I know it's an if, and we've, we've said it before, there's been forced dawns and ifs, buts and maybes, but I like what I saw from Jackpot of the weekend, and that Adrian Lewis playing well is good for darts. So I think I think Adrian will beat Jose. Do we think before we try and plot the course that the first round of this tournament needs to go up? Is it too short for a first round major? Yes. Next question. No. No. I like the fact it is. But then I think it. It's the the drawer is brutal enough anyway. If this was a first to fifteen format or a first to five cents, it's brutal enough the draws in some of them. But for me. It, it is that bit more of a leveller as well. That it is only a cross best of three, and I like how it is. I would keep it, even though it is a major event. It's, it's interesting. It split. It splits opinion. That I think, I think it should be best of five personally in the first round. But if they were to up the format, you'd need an extra day to get the games in as well. Is it first to two or first to three legs in a set? Three. Still, it's still best of five. So yeah, potentially, five. so potentially six legs, and it's done the same as a pro tour. Right, I would like, and chat room, get involved in this as well. I would like your semi-finalists. No. Not like a million dollars, but it ain't going to bloody happen. Yeah, no, next question. <laughs> All right, pick your semi-finalists. You're not getting a choice. <laughs> hmm. We've only looked at this for over 24 hours, but I still need another minute. To do it still five to seven on Monday, it'd still be a difficult one to do. What about you? were lucky. You had it two hours early as well. <laughs> we did it. <laughs> <laughs> Part of the draw that is. Um, yeah, yeah, cost time. Yeah, that'll do. <laughs> All right, have you got your semi finalist, boys? Uh, 
Yes. Yes. We will go to Gob first, as he said it with the most confidence. Definitely did not. Uh, go in price. Yes. Uh, um, Daniel Noppert. Yes. Lethal on top. Um, Dave Chisnell. That's a horrible part of the draw, no matter what happens, but cheers. And Mikael van Herwen. Boise? <coughs> Unseeded semi-finalist in the top half. I've done Noppy as well as Dalbaz. But then Joe Cullen. And a seeded bottom half. Also one as with Darby and MVG, but I've done Peter Wright. It's Peter Wright, MVG, Joe Cullen, Danny Noppert. My concern with Peter Wright in this one, I'll just find why I haven't picked him, because I, I genuinely think he's, he's still up there form-wise. Is that when you tinker about of equipment as much as Wright does, his scoring doesn't really change. But his consistency around the rest of the board is an issue. And I'm not sure he's going to have enough time to play himself into form with new darts on a completely different double every time that he changes his mind. I just think that little pat allows him that, that four isn't as, I'm not saying it's not bad, but it's not as difficult as some of the other sections. And I can see him getting to that quarterfinal where I don't think, I think Johnny will stumble before then. And I've seen progressing into a semi, but I, I can see him getting there. Over to you, Mr. Bars. From the top half, I'm going with the world number one and number one seed, Jaron Price. I just think his tops and 12 hitting is outstanding. From section two, I'm going. I see, I'm, I'm, I'm torn, but I think that Noppy is certainly in the mix. Right, Natalie and but I think Mop- What a reference. Just chuck that one in. From the good old year, 96. Um, is that what it was? going to go 96, Torn. Um. I'm going to go Michael Smith. Just, I think he edges Noppy in the second round. And then Peter, no, sorry, I'm going Johnny Clayton to beat Peter Wright. So Johnny Clayton and MVG. So, yeah, I'm going Price, Smith, Clayton, Van Gerwen. Four seeds. Yeah. You know what's coming next? Like that. Is I can see two or three seeds going in the first round. I just think it's that open. That's why I don't Six. think all four. Uh, for for me, the the dodgy one in my seeds is Michael Smith. 
because Aspinall could beat him, then then Noppy could. Um, again, that's a horrid part. The same as section number three. You can make make a case for for Wright, Clayton, Van Dijvenbode, Dimitri Chisnell. Um, can we see Callum play amazing on stage as well? So you can make a case for any of them in that section as well. But I just think we'll get a one-two-one, a one a one-four-one from Clayton at some point that will just do something special. So Clayton will use sixteen. Yeah, I, I think he'll do. Well, I'd like to think that a lot of them will have a plan and will do the 16 to 19 switch on their first visit. Um, yeah. This tournament's always fried Rob Cross's brain. concerns me. <laughs> <laughs> and he's on completely different numbers to what he's used to, and he's not used to them. Yeah. Um, I, I worry for Rob Cross in this tournament just because... This is the one tournament he's never, ever got his head round. And he says it himself. This is the one that's always fried his brain. And I, I just worry that that may be the same here as well. Um, but I would like a winner and a runner-up, please, gentlemen. And chat room as well. Come and get involved. Who wins the 2022 Boyle Sports World Grand Prix? And who is the runner-up? Did we do that? For, for me, repeat Premier League final. And repeat result, and we see Michael Van Der window and lift the Grand Prix to add to his Premier League and match play. Cop. What was the Premier League final? A mile away. Cullen. No, maybe that one. Oh no, 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 no. Uh, Gezi beats MVG. It's worrying when I agree. I think I'd last man Gary. I, I, I tend to agree. I think that Gerwin Price will beat Michael Van Gogh in, in the final. I just think that Gezi looks something special at the moment. Yeah, look, when he fires on those doubles, he's so set on them that he's up there with James Wade on top of ten. He's that good. That's the best compliment you can pay him. When he was on it to win the World Championship, he was better than Robert Thornton when he won the Grand Prix and he didn't miss tops. Ridiculous. Um, yeah, I just... I think I like the rest fall early. The the distance. He's got unfinished business here in Leicester anyway. Noppy will be steady and 
just think he's got that edge over Van Gerwen right now. And if it is Chisnall in the final as whatever pick is or whatever, just don't. Until he gets over that line, it's hard to back him to do so. I like the fact that Gezi not only got tops and tens, but he's mustered on twelves as well. That there is a a strategy and a plan that he's not going to go hunting around the board. I that's part of the reason why I've done that. If Desi does go, he does early, and that's why I've had him going either round one or round two because I think he, I think in this tournament he's the one we talked about. We spoke about with Michael before. He has been. If you're going to get him, you need to get him in the early rounds, the shorter format. I think that's where Desi needs to be at this time. And I think he's thought out early on. If he's not, he's, he moves to strong favourite if he's in the, the, the London format into semi-finals onwards. You'd expect. Oh, that's the one thing that we've not considered or mentioned when we spoke about Derwin Bryce is the reaction that he had last year from the Leicester crowd and the moments he had in the Danes when he had that little bit of an extended break, the the boon, the jeering, and that sort of had an impact on him. It wouldn't surprise me as much as I wouldn't like to see. It wouldn't surprise me if it, the, the crowd reacts very similar. They tend to remember those sort of stuff. And that could also have an impact early on. To be fair, you talk about them going early. That's why, look, Michael Van Gerwen, he's going, it's, it's, a, it's a sticky patch right now. Yes, he won down under, but since he's come back, his doubling hasn't been good. The scoring power's been there, but it's been the outer ring that's, that's let him down on, on the two Euro tours. He's landed in a nice section, as in, look, Gary Anderson is not playing well right now. Five years ago, this would have been tough, but I expect him to deal with Gary. And then in round two, you've got Brendan Doan or Stephen Bunting, Yes, very good players, but they're not Danny Knoppert that you could have or Joe Cullen in round two. Yeah, so I, I agree I, on I the... think he's landed in the nice section. Yeah, but in those little, when we break it down into the, the just the two dames, the first and second, it might all, might all section and probably Wadey section as a seed is where you would want to be. And then don't want to be too harsh on the players in those sections. But if he's able to do the rest of the jury, if I was in one yeah, of those, if I was looking at where I was placing myself as a ranting player, it would be in that Michael Van Derwin spot, spot or the James Wade spot for me. Looking at the other, the other sections of four. Um, good question from Philip here on the Grand Prix. It says, do you think any player will start on a double apart from tops and sixteens? I think Rob Cross will go to 18s. I don't know about you, boys. Cross will go 18s. Yeah. Can't think of anyone else who would go. Obviously, we used to mentor on 14s, but he didn't even go that route sometimes when he was on it. I can anyone else. Jose will just thought. Yeah. 120 a few times and he'll come from three tops. Wouldn't surprise me if he stays there with the darts like all right for him, but I can't think of any other players who would who would initially go for one. You might have Gary and as you mentioned, Desi, if it wasn't working Twelves. That twelve that twelves is an option for him and Gary because Gary Anderson's all has always been very good on it as well. Yeah, 
it's a step towards one of the biggest darting nations having a major. I'm not really sure I'm going to call the World Series of Darts finals a major. Whether or not I want to open that debate tonight of all nights is completely different. Um, they deserve a TV event and a TV finals, and this is a decent enough way of, of doing that at the minute. Um, missing out on the, the ranking one, it was brilliant for me to go there and experience that, etc. The fans were decent enough, but they didn't need a World Series event. They could potentially have a couple more Euro tours. We don't really need four million of them in Germany. Um, I suppose if they're putting the money up, that, that's the difference again, once again. But yeah, look, Amsterdam dropping off, not an issue. The absence of a second Australia, especially in any of the big cities, like Wollongong looked brilliant last year, but no Sydney, Melbourne, Perth or anything like that would be very, very surprised if they don't put one in one of the big cities. Just go and make sure, keep that interest there. Um, the rest of it is probably where you would get more interest in. Right. Two points. First of all, we are going back to the Middle East. Um, look, this is not a surprise for me. Um, Barry said last year that they were in communications with the Middle East again. And now it has dropped. We are going to Bahrain for the first time. Um, yeah, look, there are debatable issues that are way past the dart show um, that we see when all sports go to the Middle East. Um, but effectively, when everyone else is going in there, why shouldn't that? It's, it's, it's without going into like says, the, too much detail into it, it's it's a, a, the fair argument of it. If other sports are doing that, why why not? Um, and it was it was coming to the Middle East, wasn't it? We we fully expected that. We'd have probably been there then sooner if we didn't have Talvid. Um, that's probably just delayed it going back anytime earlier. So no surprise to see that added to the calendar. Um, just probably when it is. It's not just when it is. My concern with this one is, for me, this is about growing the sport. And I don't think this event in particular grows the sport with the audience in the Middle East. I think that parts of Asia are definitely expanding. The, the Asia tour over the last few weeks has, has proved a ridiculous standard. Um, the fact there is no alcohol in Bahrain, I believe it's a dry state as well means that production-wise, TV-wise, this just doesn't fit with the image that the PDC tries to produce. I think that's part of the reason why we've not been back to Tokyo or Shanghai in the near um, distant past. Um, and, and the biggest thing for me is the date here. It, it, it's just dark. We're coming on to that. I don't we, get we, it. We are, we are coming on to that. Well, I guess, that... Dob, before, before, we, before we move on to the dates, I know it's different to what the PDC sort of promote and we've spoke before about the Christmas party sort of vibe of promotion and marketing what they've done before isn't it then a good sign that the the moving I don't want to say moving away from that but they're looking at a, a different option throughout the calendar that doesn't involve that type of fan potentially in, in terms of that I just I'm just not sure this is the time or the place to do that 
I really don't like the window they've gone and put this in. The fact that it's just going to be eight players, which is going to be off the back of a world championship. Then you've got this Copenhagen Masters, bang, 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 exhibition. Then you've got a couple of weeks before uh, UK Open. We hit the Premier League the week after that, pretty much. Not confirmed yet, but we already know when that's going to be. Four weeks in a row of exhibition events off the back of the world championship. These players are knackered. They're absolutely on their feet and have been for the last three or four months off the back of a very, very busy Premier League back travelling and then onto the World Series as it was. Take away their holiday after the World Championships, a time that's relatively accepted that anybody that goes to the World Championship pretty much doesn't pick up a dart in January. You might for the Masters, but you get the odd drop out or the odd bit of tinkering or, or messing around from a few players there until recently when it becomes a golden ticket for the Premier League. Stupid. Um, but generally, January is about those that want to join the tour. That month is time off for the players. Go and put a little bit of work in, but go and relax and, and recuperate after a World Championship. If you turn this tour into a 12-month tour with the travelling involved, the players will be finished. You will destroy your own product by putting these guys here, there and everywhere. You will put them in positions they don't want to be in, because we'll talk about this in a bit as well, but if the punishment for pulling out of European tours is even heavier fines, you're just going to piss these guys off even more. You can't well, force them into everything. Yeah, look, we were we were lucky. We, we knew this announcement was coming. Um, it was just a case of when it dropped. Um, but as Gob said, that the top players, especially, which the World Series affects, normally bugger off all around the world. They, they, they go on holiday for two, three, three weeks. Putting these in, look, I get that there isn't a lot of room in the calendar and there's not a lot of wiggle room, but it's, it's, it's a risk, it's a gamble, which I'm not sure is going to work. Because, for argument's sake, I'm not sure about Peter, but say one of the top two in that picture win the World Championship, which, let's be fair, it's perfectly possible. And if then they say, yeah. if one of them says, I'm not going to Bahrain, your World Series loses something straight away because your World Champion's not there. I get that Peter didn't go to Australia but that was for medical reasons. But in a new territory that you haven't been to before, you surely have to take the eight best to showcase in a, in a new territory that you haven't been before. It has to be the, the, the elite eight. It, it does have to be the elite eight, but I, I just don't get it. I don't get what taking that elite eight does because at that point, your World Championship has only been a few days before. You probably have to announce your field way ahead of it or having one person as a backup in case somebody rogue wins the World Championship because there's absolutely no way you're not taking your World Champion. I mean, Van Gogh wasn't on the press release, which is very, very unlike him. Well, if you've that, got a chance I was to show this Van Gogh, Peter Wright and Gerwin Price are your World Champion Award number one. So, so clearly, yeah, fine. They're your top two, but you, you'd mention all three because the, the worldwide recognition that Van Gogh has, you just would. So 
potentially he's not ready for this event just yet. And in the past, if players have turned it down, they've then not been invited to many others again. And uh, just, what are you going to do? Peter Wright wins the World Championship, says, no, actually, that was really tough for me. I'm going to take a few weeks off. I'll see you at the Masters or the Premier League. What are you going to do? Kick him out then. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live, from ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating. They always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. For not going to your exhibition event a week after your World Championship. Why... Why do you need an exhibition event a week after your World Championship? Again, the, the bit that I you agree. say, I agree. We knocked, we saw it straight away in, in, in the press release that Michael wasn't on that, but yet he's on the poster, which is a funny one. And two, that God missed it, and I pointed out to him, the Bahrain deal was a multi-year deal. So this isn't just a one-off. By, by the press release, we're going back there in 2024 as well. Yeah, it's one probably add a player into the mix as well, just as of that time of the year, because we're only talking about these three at the moment. But one player who played in all the World Series last year was Fallon Sherrod, and this will fall around without the dates yet. Will fall around a few still time. So does that mean that? I just tell you, it will fall on Friday. Yeah, yeah, I, I can tell you it falls on Q-School. So, with, with that in mind, we've seen Fallon potentially, it's still yet to be decided, but potentially, miss some that potentially had an impact on her qualifying for the World Championships. Yes, she's still in a, a very, very strong position, but has potentially harmed her chances. If she's then back next year, would she be expected to then play in the World Series because it's an invite and would have an impact on the rest of the year to then impact to having potentially a tour card for two years? When one of the two in that time period is the Nordic Darts Masters, which when we talked about the World Series, if there's one tournament that you associate with Fallon on the World Series, it is the Nordic Darts Masters. Um... Look, my, my gut says, and I know Rose says it there, that I don't think Fallon will be in all of the World Series next year. But I think she may still get America. But just because of the buzz around her out there was insane. So do I think that she she gets them all? No. But 
I I think she still potentially gets America. Which is too fair. That they've made a good point there. Um, would Fallon be allowed to play in Bahrain? Because we've seen from the boxing, when the big events have been out there, and you know, I, I listen to it and watch it all anyway, Michelle Joy Phelps behind the gloves, when she goes out there, she has to wear the traditional attire. And I'm not sure you can play darts in a headscarf and everything like that. Well, Moscow Romani does. If you're not used to it, it will make a massive difference yeah. to your level of performance. Oh, that's what I mean. If, you, if you're used to it, you're used to it. But... Yeah. Um, look, there, there. This has certainly raised questions. Look, the destination, not for me, but to put two World Series events on in January, I just don't get it. And I think you're asking for a players' revolt. I guess another thing to throw in, and I know. I've mentioned the tournament in the Masters is we've spoke about the Masters offering very little other than the past few years that it's made that Premier League spot because of the timing of that. Now we've got two more events before it where eight players, whoever they're made to that dome to be, eight players, eight of your top players in the world, are going to have two other exhibition events, TV events, whatever we call them, as well, that are not really going to mean a fat loss until um, then we go into the Premier League. The one thing I do hope we see, because of this change, is a slightly different field to the World Series events throughout the year. But I don't expect that. I still think it'll be a similar field. But it'd be nice to see, with these events more spread, that we actually see a different eight players selected. Yes, we're always going to see these three on the screen now. But I'd like to see the other five mixed up a little bit more. Right. I, I also, also don't like the fact that these two in January are 100% going to clash with other parts of the PDC tour. Bahrain will clash with Q School. And because of that, it's very, very likely that the first challenge tour will be the weekend after whilst the players are in Copenhagen. Now, some of those players that have played Nordic and Baltic before have been Challenge Tour members, not Pro Tour members, if I'm not mistaken. So they potentially have to make a choice that will put them behind the eight ball for any Pro Tour dropouts moving forward. And you're just taking eyes away from the rest of your product that, in my opinion, is growing at the minute. More people know about the Challenge Tour this year than ever before, especially with some of the players on it. Scott Williams has been absolutely fantastic. You've got other names on there like Robert Owen, Jim McEwen, etc. They're all putting in ridiculous performances. And some of the Dutch guys and, and the European players doing exactly the same from the other side. We've seen it produce Matt Campbell to the tour over the last couple of years, who's helped grow the, the American side of the game. It, it's been fantastic. So when you're taking eyes away from Q-School, which like, seven days, absolutely hectic, but it's fantastic for us. And then going into the Challenge Tour, eyes on that as well. Then the Masters a week after. It's just a lot of announcing to do it. At least I don't like the window to do this either. It's filled dropped off for a minute. Ten days. Well, no, what's the world final? Is it the third this year? Third or the fourth, maybe? Uh, the fourth, I believe. Oh, be the fourth. So that's eight days notice for a shock world champion 
to be announced and get to Bahrain. Probably dropped into Copenhagen as well. They will definitely be in the Masters as well, champion, because it'll put them in top 16 and then be in the Premier League. You're going to kill you, your world champion you, within five weeks. You, you didn't just say you're world champion, but let's be honest, the eight World Series pits are predominantly in your top 24 in the world. Yes, we've had the occasion where it's been someone else, but all of the eight who play in Bahrain and play uh, in Copenhagen are more than likely to be playing in the Masters as well. So you, you are going to have eight players who will have played three events in the time where they've only normally have played the Masters, which they then don't really agree with. And then that turnaround from the Masters and the Premier League is normally only, what, four days, three, four days? With a lot of these, it's just a very... It's a part of the calendar. Yeah, with a part of the calendar, I don't think... Part of the calendar that I think the attention of the PDC and the, the darting audience in January should be focused on Tuesday. It allows the players who have all played at the World Championships to rotate a few who have not got a tour card and the opportunity to have a rest. And for me, I just find it very, very strange. And we'll go back to what John says the other day about those 75 day break in between pro tours. This doesn't change anything for any of those apart from the eight players. It's just giving yeah. an opportunity where they had a break in January, no break. And yeah. probably the only thing it does when you look further down the calendar is come August time, it gives them a couple of weeks off at the back end of August if things remain as they are now. Whereas uh, this year they haven't had that break because they had the three weeks in Australia and New Zealand. They've now got an additional week at the back end of that. For me, I'm sure the players would prefer the the in-depth oldest of travelling around the world instead of having January sort of taken away from them as well. I just find it very, very strange. And the, the potential, as you said at the start, the potential fines in missing events, but then being forced to play now every month of the year. Will, will Price, MVG, Rice... If they played and everything, would they have a month off at all? I don't think they would. They're certainly getting better at managing their schedule. And the message from the PDC over the last couple of years has been we don't force anybody to play in everything and that allows the next up. I didn't think they were going to solve their problems at the bottom end of the tour with people not earning enough to earn a living and dropping off and being selective about what they do play in by overworking the guys at the top and dragging the bottom into those reserve spots. I think we've heard that in politics a bit recently before, but I don't want to go into it. You're serving <laughs> the wrong end of the game. Whilst we are on the subject of congestion, look, we, we did well to dance around this last week. However, it's been spoke about more and more, um, so we're not going to ignore it this week. In February, boys, to the best of our understanding, it looks as if there is going to be a clash between the WDF and the Seniors World Championship, boys. 
No. As, as if there wasn't enough politics and trouble away from the, the top end of the game. This is not what anyone needs or it shouldn't happen. Let, 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 let's be let's be right about it. This is a complete and utter joke. You Want to go first, Dob? Just, just say my favourite word for me, Lee, and be done with it. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> it's moronic. Yeah, it's it's worse than that. Uh, we, for me, we, we speak about clashes and with the being four potentially big organisations, if you're looking at ADC, WDF, PDC and World Seniors, one thing you shouldn't have, there's going to be clashes, but one thing you shouldn't have is any of those World Championships clashing at a time. Even more so if it's a world championship where a player to play in both of those. So I know we've seen Basically, it before, and I think. It's not clashing with the BBC, isn't it? If any of the other three clashed, then there's opportunities yeah. for players to be involved. In but even, it, yeah, even with those, I know we've seen as it was BDL clash with the PDC before, but it was only across one or two days, and that was just the windows that they've hit. The fact that we've got, if this does happen, the fact that we've got a, a handful of players, potentially even more than that, who can still qualify for the seniors, who can still qualify for late side, who would have to make that decision on the World Championship is utterly ridiculous and is, a for me, a shambolic decision by the organisation who made that decision after one's already announced when their dates are. And to be honest, I'd say I'd be saying it if it was the other way around. It's the fact that you know when an organisation's world championship is. Why would you clash with that? Why? It's not just it's not just from the players' point of view, it's bigger than that. It's from a staffing point of view as well. That you look a lot of the pundits and broadcasters did both. Last year, or sorry, this year. Yeah, it, yeah, it's you're it's not taking work away from from them as well. In in a in the current climate that we're in, it just I'm going to say it's fucking ridiculous. From a from a player staff, you, you you're right. From a from a fan perspective, I look forward to watching. I know we've only had one, but I look forward to going to the World Seniors. And if I wasn't there, I'd have still tuned into every session. If I wasn't at Lightside, I would have probably still tuned into every session in the WDF World Championships. I would have tuned into the I'll tune into the ADC Open when that goes on TV. As we all tune into the PDC, the fact now that we're, we're having to decide as media or fans or whichever part of the the game you're involved in, whether it's watching or playing or staff, that you've got to make that decision. I won't quote what you've just said, Phil, but it's spot on what you said. <laughs> uh, look, I, I, I get what May says there. He says their hands were forced by Lakeside. 
I understand that. That if that was the only date that Lakeside were prepared to give the WDF. However, again, that shows a lack of forward thinking from the WDF that they're relying on one sponsor to chuck up their money. And that's what it comes down to. That Lakeside are funding most, if not all, of that prize pool. And to be dictated to by that, when, let's be brutally honest, we were there last year, especially early on in the tournament, they couldn't give tickets away. It was empty. So, to then put two tournaments up and make fans choose between one or the other, it's just ridiculous. When you couldn't sell tickets last year, what makes you think this is going to help? And look, just stand up to Lakeside and and have, have some balls about it. But this is just r- ridiculous on on all fronts, is, is the thing. Back. And... And it, it also goes back to the fact that now the Lakeside is after Q School, players are also going to have a choice now because I'm not 99.9% certain that exemption will not be there this year for anyone that wins a tour card to play at Lakeside. So potentially this puts players off from going to one or the other. So the WDF ranking system finishes at a certain point. It hasn't been rejigged yet. So are we going to get a draw and then have to muck it all up again and fill spots because five or six one-on-one tour cards? Potentially. You've You've got a Dutch Open that takes place two, three weeks before when this is then due to play, that is a 2023 event. Is that classing now as part of the qualification criteria for this? Um, but for me, it, it goes back to the the communication of not knowing not knowing a 12-month calendar from your organisation. Yes, we're still waiting on one for the ADC. The, the PDC one normally that's released in and around this time of year. For what they're, what the players, what the fans, what you've got to look forward to, God says in all perspective staff. The fact we haven't got that, it, it goes back to that that we know in this place where it's strongly rumoured that it's going to take place in in that week. But nothing seems to be sorted or announced. The communication just isn't there again. I, I seem to mention that word every week at the moment, but. It just becomes more and more frustrating. Well, the, the, the one I look at in particular that could affect on all three fronts, and I, I don't know if he's listening tonight, but it's Jim McEwen. Because Jim has openly spoken that he wants to go and get his tour card. He wants to play on the Pro Tour. He is also, at the moment, in a lakeside position. And he's more than capable of going and qualifying for the Seniors World Championship as well. He's, Which is he's one just, of a few. He's, one of, he's, he's the one that sprung to mind straight away in relation to yeah. knowing that he was going to do or wanted to to try and do all three. 
yeah, without knowing, I'd assume because she's done it before, someone like Lisa, maybe, yeah. would be in the position of down for all, for down for all three. Um, and then we've got, obviously, um, players like Neil, who's the reigning champion at late side, but just a few months ago when he turned 50, accepted the invite. The, there's a list and you then look into the, the depths and that would know more of the, the names in the, the qualifications that we've seen people go to the qualifiers for the seniors. They were also in positions of, if not in late side spots, but potentially still the opportunities to qualify for them. They've got decisions to make now once this is announced of their next few months, not just the World Championships, because they had the opportunity to play in both. Yeah, no, I, I fully agree. Uh, no, mate, so no, he, he couldn't do all three, but he potentially could have tried to get to all three, where now, because they were all at least on kind of separate dates, so he could have tried to get to all three, where now you can't. Because one's spring to get to the PPC, then he's a bit bummed because chance he's got his card at that point. But yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's just like you say, Neil publicly accepted an invitation to play in the seniors because most people were assuming that either Lakeside would be in its original date, or they may have stuck to the date they were in last year, which, as a date point of view, worked. So. Neil's got a, an unbelievable decision to make at some point. And yeah, putting but... him in that situation is, isn't right. Because either way, there's a huge story. The, 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 the two stories are, one, he either declines or then says no to his invite. Or the bigger story is he then doesn't go and defend, try to defend his lakeside title, which then makes the WDF look absolutely ridiculous that the defending champion won't go. So the player, the players are in a ridiculous situation here. The players are in a ridiculous situation. The organiser are in a ridiculous situation because nobody wins from this. If you're splitting an audience in public, then you're struggling. The Lakeside, like you said, couldn't give tickets away. Circus Tavern was brilliant last year, but... There's more to come from it this year. You're going to be splitting that audience. They're both in similar areas of the country. Players that are going to, people that are going to travel between one will likely be able to travel to the other one. They're not a million miles away. You've then got the issue that actually seniors have a Thursday night um, session this year. Lakeside's going to have a Thursday night session in that week. The Premier League will be on at that point. And then you run into the Super Series at 10 o'clock in the evening. There is potentially four consecutive Four, not consecutive. What's the word? Simultaneous staging of the Hutz event at the same time on TV. There's not enough channels for that. Sky have the Premier League. No. WDF have one year left on their Eurosport deal. Seniors don't think they've announced where it's going to be yet, but it follows the pattern of last year. Then that's on a different one. It's just going to be mental. Like you said, you're splitting production teams. You're splitting pundits, commentators. Do you know how difficult it is to find a spotter? It is one of the most difficult jobs in the sport, and there are so few people that can actually do it. How are you going to have four different professional spotters on at once? Especially some of them double up at Rob. Oh, it's just 
It's just moronic. Nobody wins from it. Nobody wins from this. And the fact that the WDF have pretty much had to go back cap in hand to a venue and a sponsor that slashed their prize money last year mid-event or very, very close to the event, it's a dire state for them. Last year was all about getting the event on. Granted, they did it. They took a hit with some of it. They've had a year to prep for this. And the best they can come up with is, oh, we'll just do as we're told. Well, that, that comes back to what Martin Adams has said on more than one interview. Is it, is it his words? The WDF are not forward thinking. They are just doing the same old things in the same old manner, in the same old way as what the BDO did and, and so on. And look where that got it. That, that entire side of the game just hasn't evolved, right? The ADC have gone and got Darts Atlas. They've got technology. We've got other events using Dark Connect. We've seen British or Tri-Nations events over the last few weeks. To be quite honest, the graphics have been produced on Microsoft Paint by primary school kids. They look absolutely terrible. The amount of updates coming from any of the events has been shocking. The communication on it was dreadful, unless you're in specific Facebook groups and go hunting out for it and whatever. We've seen enough backlash from the players on the selection criteria for the pentathlon, etc. The pentathlon should be a massive celebration of darts. You know how unique that event is in the in this sport? Oh, and the history it's got. You hear nothing about it unless you know specific people on Facebook sending photographs of a TV screen they've got at the venue. It's 2022. How piss poor is that? And again, it's an association with that site. There's just no evolution. They just want more from it. And it just hasn't given us that for the last year. I was so, so happy for the WDF to be back, to be taking control of it. They said all the right things right at the start. They said absolutely everything right at the start. They had to distance themselves from the video naming, and basically they've given it a lick of pain. Well, it and says I'm not all, even sure that's what it says. Well, it says it all. When we rocked up to Lakeside last year, I was expecting something new and fresh. And as you can see by the picture there, the only difference is about three stickers on that stage. The rest is exactly the same as when the BDO left it in 2019. <laughs> and the state of the trophies. Oh, what? Pac Man on a board? <laughs> I, I, I'm just struggling to be positive about an organisation that I really, really wanted to succeed because I have aspirations for the sport and keep going back to it. They're the ones that are recognised by the IOC. So if darts is ever going to get international it's going to go to things like the olympics long term that not everybody wants it not everybody sees it but the pinnacle of any sport is to play at the olympic games darts ever makes it just as a one-off just to go there fantastic it's peaked as a sport as, as a recognition and whatever else and it just it's going nowhere communication is shocking we haven't even mentioned the fact the masters in a few weeks we had a half-assed announcement that basically told us a venue and a place. And we knew half of that already. A venue and a, t- and a date, sorry. And we knew half of that already. No prize money, no format, no real route of who else could still go and get there. No TV channel for the second televised major, the oldest TV dart major in the world. Nothing. 
you might as well have Daz Jacqueline going around robbing trophies. At least they, were, they gave us more information. <laughs> it is. I just, it's just ri- ridiculous. Like you said, look, I've, I've always been a little bit negative on it. Look, let's not hide that fact. But I know that you two have been super positive on it. And now, even when you two are finding it almost impossible to be positive, it's like the Titanic. It's sinking fast. It's, I, I wouldn't go as far as saying I've been super positive. I've just, there's so much history from the childhood, from my perspective, of watching the game. I was fortunate enough when I was grown up and started watching it. Yes, there was two organisations. However... From an from an outside look, there was two organisations that were doing well, that were running quite well. We were seeing big players on both organisations, and I guess when the BDO went and the WDF come back, my positivity on it was more the hope that it would succeed. If that being the WDF or the ADC, either of those from an amateur point of view, I just wanted to see some sort of progressive calendar and formats and changes to certain things but also the history of stuff like the Masters and certain things within the World Championship Pentathlon like Dob mentioned there is is another sort of an iconic WDF slash BDO tournament that every single one of those just seems to be down backwards and then when they put an announcement out to then coincide with something that is new that's a bit weird saying the seniors is fresh, isn't it? But you know what I mean? It's a fresh competition. Um, it, it's hard to remain positive with that organisation right now with an announcement. Well, with an announcement that's pending and the announcement that the sent out last week. Yeah, look, it's just... I just don't get it. It's... It's baffling, it really is. Um... I just don't, don't get it. Even if that's the only dates that Lakeside, well, like I say, would give them, that there's been no forward planning from last year, as May said in the chat room, that as soon as last year's tournament was done, the first thing on the agenda should have been, can we find a new venue and sponsor, something that works for us? But they've gone back, cap in hand. And what was it in the end? 20% of all tickets last year? You know it's bad yeah, surely when Shorty Max. You know it's bad when Shorty Max even waving the flag. Um, look, it's just another huge, huge own goal. Really is. Too late, Shawnee. We saw it. You can't delete it now. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, look, I'm, I'm positive, just... mate. Can we discuss the result of the poll? Is it Southgate in or out? Get him gone. <laughs> um, as May says, um, sad and ashamed. Absolutely. Uh, Tony says, good evening from the top table. How are you all doing, mate? Hope you are well. Um, 
Right, from a week in darts as well, um, we spoke about the Euro Tour earlier. We've got a couple of clips to play you. Why isn't... Uh, I know. Uh, is it? Uh, two seconds. For some reason, that's not loading up. Phil, you're having a bit of a mare with technology tonight, mate. You didn't even start the show. Well, you know. <laughs> Are we live? Why wasn't I told? <laughs> I will I will tell you, Phil, your first intro was better than your second intro. And no one heard the first yeah. intro over the mean dog. <laughs> yeah, I really enjoyed the first really. It weeks, that. I've <laughs> uh, had to open a new screen up. So I need to put this up. And then I need to play with the size because it's come up too small. Turn at the staff. Well, that's not too bad, considering I freehanded it. Um, right, let's um, let's listen to what Dan said about potential changes and things around the Euro Tour. It's the best tour in professional sport. You know this, Phil. Everybody knows darts knows this. It has been great having it back. I think you're going to see some very, very exciting news about the European Tour next year. I can't see anything, <laughs> but... Right, for a start, yeah, four pullouts, six games on the Friday afternoon, six games on the Friday evening. Short change of fans. Short change of fans. They bought their ticket, they wanted eight games, they were promised eight games, they didn't get eight games. They've been shortchanged. The networks that have been showing it, whether it's DAZN or Sport One and PDC TV, they deserve to have a full day of action. That can't happen. So... As I understand it, massive fines will be one of the things that will come in. But I think they'll also... It's a carrot and a stick. We'll say, well, you can win more money on the European Tour, so it's even more worth turning up. Although, why... You know, there's big money anyway. If you're a seeded player, turn up, win one game on the Saturday and four on the Sunday, it's 25 grand in your hand. Um, but the carrot will get even bigger, and the stick will also get even bigger. But there are, there are you know technical things that maybe they can do I mean it's all about that busy calendar which we already mentioned if you're going to have host nation qualifiers you used to have them the night before they clump them together now because not just because it's easier and cheaper but it means more players are going to turn up and, and play them and you can get a better standard of qualifier coming through it's going to be difficult. Maybe they can have some kind of standby list. I don't know. I've, I've talked with the PDPA. They've had various suggestions for how you can do it. I'm not sure which ones they're going to go with, but more money into it, bigger fights if they don't. And just explain to players, look, we understand you're busy. If you've just spent three weeks or four weeks in Australia and New Zealand, if you've been playing Premier League all year, you're not going to want to play anything. Peter Wright says he's not going to play Euro Tour if he's in the Premier League next year, while the Premier League is on. Perfectly understandable. I get it. Do that. It's sensible. You're playing a lot of darts. You need to keep yourself fit and healthy and fresh. Um, but then just don't enter them. Say that three weeks before and go, I'm going to have that weekend off. Manage your calendar. Don't shortchange the fans. I think that's the easiest way, but I'm sure they'll have some technical and structural things they can do as well. 
enjoyed that from Dan. Very insightful. Look, he spends a lot of time on the Euro Tour. And when he says that, I'm excited that there, there's going to be some big news for the Euro Tour by the sounds of it. Um, what's your thoughts on the bigger fines? I don't think it's going to make a difference. It is absolute chump change to the three biggest culprits of withdrawing late on the Euro Tour. If they don't want to be there, they will just pay. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, I, I, I agree. It's... And they'll get annoyed at just paying it, and they might then get into the habit of withdrawing earlier, etc. But... To start with, if they cannot be bothered, they will just pay it. Throw a couple of insults around, and if I know what they're like, they'll throw their weight around a little bit when it then comes to invitation events. Yeah. If you're going to charge me for pulling out of this, I'm not appearing in this. It's going to be not? interesting. Sorry, we need you in Australia. Please come back and play. We won't find you. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, as May says, didn't work with Ronnie. Yeah, and it would be the same with the, the 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 top players. Look, even if it's five grand or whatever, they'll just go yeah. Yeah, and so and someone mentioned it. It's just on past on the in the chat room that some of them will just miss it and don't play an exhibition and whatever that fine well, amount is to yeah, potentially pick up more. That's than another that. thing. The, the money some players get for exhibitions in Europe is just ridiculous. Um, so I can't say. So we've also got a great clip from Peter Satira from the CDC as well. And he's hoping for big things from the CDC lot in the rest of the year. Yeah, the talent pool is deep, and that's the exciting part about it. It's it, our, our averages for an event are getting north of 80, and that's that's saying something. You don't come into that room and have an easy draw. Um, so not only are the North Americans not the quote-unquote easy draw here anymore, as we've seen, right? Also, even over there, uh, top to bottom, anybody can come out and win some rounds, and, and the amount of people that are capable of winning an event is, is more than just a couple. Uh, look out for Alex Spellman. He's a guy that's that's made a name for himself over the past couple of months and i think he's going to be your next big name that's going to get a chance over here at some point your season finale is on the horizon as well the um the continental cup how excited are you for that well i mean the continental cup has always been a special event uh you know anthony genia my partner kind of got, got it together the original one kind of put the the uh, the brainchild behind it all and um you know it's the chance for the four of us the four partners to really showcase uh you know what we can do um it, it sets up perfectly right we've got the tournament side which is anthony and my baby we've got the production side which is david Irene's baby uh you know jeff good is uh, is there to, to support us in terms of everything he participates in all of it so it's a way for us all to really get a chance to show Show the world what we can do and i think it's going to be a springboard to more ticketed events in the states and possibly in canada at some point uh in the near future last one from me with all the talent pool that you've talked about are you hoping for good numbers at q school 
this year coming across to, to try their arm and try and get that, that golden ticket? Not only trying their arm, I'm looking for good numbers to come through. Yeah, it's, it's going to, I think we'll see probably six to 10 come over, and it would not surprise me if we see three to, to five win through. I like that. Yeah. All sounding it's sort of very positive. What we said you know, we started on the World Series. A one, a trip all the way to New York for just a one-off is a long, long way to only play one of them. I want one in Canada. Yeah, yeah that would be and cool. I'm hoping that leg of the tour. There's weeks either side, depending on when they stick the match play in and, and whatever else across that summer. The fact that Copenhagen's now in January means there's no real rush back. I think that we got Australia and New Zealand. I think we should get America and Canada. That that tour split into it's a bit like the DPA, DPNZ. They have a lot of their stuff together. Let's go to Canada because you've got the history of John Park. You've got. Um, Jeff Smith, Matt Jeff Campbell Smith, doing absolutely You've got David Cameron as reigning senior champion and absolutely smashing it in the CDC tour. We've seen him over here before as well. Let's go to Canada. They're not driving, Bill. They're flying straight up, mate. Stick them all on the same flight. PDC can charter the flight if they really need to. Uh, it's an hour and 45 minute flight. I'm a genius. You really not. That's not here yeah. and we went there twice this year. I'm a genius. But also a weekend darts. Um, before we get again, question time as well, everyone. Start getting your questions in now. We haven't forgot about it. Um, but what else? We 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 miss it all the time. Weekend darts. Um, there was the stuff down in Ilfracum again. Trying to find results for that was hard work at times. James Richardson men's pentathlon, Bo women's pentathlon. Robert Owen qualified for Lakeside by winning the international Open. classic. So the one of the two England classic. I can't remember who won the opposite one in the men's. Then you've got Bo as a winner of one, withdrew from the other. So Lisa won it think so then we've got wdf yeah. europe cup starting luke, luke little won the other one classic was won by That's robert it. owen international international ones won by littler classic for the ladies was won by bow international the ladies one was won by lisa so shared titles by bow and lisa then yep um other things that we've not mentioned was the four players from the PVCD. The four players from the PDC Asian Championship who qualified for Alexander Palace and one of which who won it, Christian Perez, qualifies for the Grand Slam yeah. as well. A lot of back in as well. Stood in a way. 
one more. Someone in the chat room will get there before us because it's not on the top of my head and I'm not going to write it down. Alanda, Suzuki, Perez and Nibrida. Yes, yeah. Um, yeah, your so, cup starts yeah. tomorrow. I don't know how you get updates on that. <laughs> Racing Pigeon. <laughs> um, um, yeah. what else have we got? Super, Super Series. Series. Ginger. Yes. Very, very good finals night. Very, very good finals night. Scott Williams, superb. Um, really enjoyed last week. A little bit more of an international flavour this week so far. Um, Lucas Meinig leading after two days, I believe. Yeah. The German girl in price, as they call him. I don't see it personally, but yeah. Uh, nice. And um, Matt Edgar doing a smashing job. Glenn Doran. Glenn Doran on commentary and punditry is superb. Sorry, it legs out a little bit last year. I really like him. Sorry, Chris, it's yeah, coming no, for your job. I thought he did a really good job. And also, spoiler alert, coming this week on the YouTube channel, interviews with Glenn Durrant, Fallon Sherrick, Mark Webster, and Martin Adams. <laughs> yeah, let's not talk about that line, Rose. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Super Series was, was superb. Remember, um, you can book your tickets to be there every Saturday night, dartshop.tv. Um, the tickets there is now a £5 deposit, but that is refundable as a drinks voucher when you get to the venue. Um that was done simply because, especially this week, there was over 70 tickets um, reserved and loads didn't turn up. So it's a £5 deposit per ticket, which is redeemable as a drinks voucher when you get there on the night. Um, I might be there in a few weeks. Yeah. Taking the trip down. Evening, John. How we doing? Uh, As if that's right, the first sorry. time John O'Shea pops up. <laughs> Your ears burning um, or something, it, mate. You think that's about you? Um, it's in Portsmouth, Mike. So just along from Southampton. It's not too far. <laughs> Not too far from where you are. <laughs> yeah. Shrek from where I am. Snap. Um, so, yeah, right. Question time. I don't think we've missed anything else, have we? Probably. The poll. Which I've just ended because it was in my way. The poll. Getting Unfortunately, gone. boys, only 26% want Southgate in. And they're all the Welsh all fans. They were, they were all me in loads of different YouTube accounts. If you've got enough accounts to get that many votes, you can hit like that many times. 
Dark show. Dark show, gentlemen. Dark show. I don't believe, I don't believe the week we've had in the darting world and you've decided that this week the poll will be about football. Yes. Are you for real? Just, just for you, Boise, stop crying your eyes out. Oh, oh. oh, you're gonna do it, do it right. Stop crying um, your eyes out. Another six year old sang it. <laughs> right, question time. So let's go. Um, Thomas says, Do you think Leighton Bennett will make an impact in the next few years? Um, yeah, look, he's, he's a young lad. He's got ability. Just let him let him enjoy the game and grow into it. Can he? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah the other right. week, I was on YouTube while I was working because my job is very, very busy. Um, and I stumbled across the video of him playing Phil Taylor at the Tower of London. You forget the kid was 13, 14 at the time. Yeah, I, I was there, Pretty much all the way as well. A sensational performance. I think we got very, very high on late and very early. And there's a lot of pressure that came with it. Had difficulties yeah. the last couple of months. But he's still very, very capable. And if it clicks again, just that extra five or ten points, oh, he's dangerous once again. However, yeah, I am at this moment more optimistic about the career that Luke Littler will have. Because he is sensational and he's smashing men up left right and center and i just don't see that transition being an issue for him um big johnny says uh, can we mention the trophies on the euro tour last weekend makes the wdf ones look even worse good point well made to be honest, the trophy last weekend, I don't want to just slate in the WDF. The trophy last weekend, I thought was sensational. I love that trophy last weekend. No, the, the, the funniest my... thing was being at Lakeside when they genuinely all thought those trophies were good, listening to them chat. Uh, we've done that bit of bashing. Can we move on? Yeah, we've done that bit of bashing. The trophy this weekend was very good, though. Um, I'd love to see. I'd have... love to see uh, Chizini's manager thumbing through the airport with you, though. Get that in your hand, like, like, Some of the F1 trophies are ridiculous. How do they get these things back? Just pay the most. Well, if it's Hamilton, he just puts it on his private jet. All right, for some. Did Chizzy just um, put it on it? Jesus just, just put it on his private jet. No, he's put it over his shoulder and walked through with it. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you had to pick uh, one of the top uh, the top sixteen Pro Tour qualifiers to win the World Grand Prix, who would it be? Uh... Don't know who came through what. <laughs> That's opening um, If I had to pick one right now of the top sixteen that came through, 
on his current form. Daryl Gurney, moving on. None of them. Andrew Gildin, to yeah. be fair, he's just awkward. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Gildin because he's awkward. Johnny, I love that. <laughs> Um, correct Andrew they're they're, they're the top four seeds for a reason yeah because they were good two years ago Phil that logic doesn't apply to football managers Um, Matthew says, could you see the PDC doing similar to the Stuka, um, the mixed tournament? I would love it, but I don't see it in the near future. I, I, I would genuinely love them to, but I, I don't see it. It'd, it'd be a great way from, to promote the women's game then at the moment with them only having one TV event as such. Um. I would love to see. I think we looked at the pairings last week, and it was like Eileen and MVG going off the current women's series and uh, Order of Merit. Which I'd love to see. Who wouldn't? Yeah. And take it to. But bar, for me, right? it'd have to be. <laughs> as Thank long you as for they the are. Oh, friends. You didn't see what there's I still did. money in that meat. <laughs> there's, there's, still, the camera. there's still money in that meter, isn't the dog tonight? That fifty pence of stretch today, aren't you, mate? <laughs> no, mate, I've been I've been pretty reserved today. Considering I've, I've done my usual, mate. I've spoken sense with passion when it's been required. <laughs> Southgate out. Don't be um, an idiot. So someone said, I can't remember, um, the World Grand Prix is on Sky Sports starting on Monday at 7 o'clock. So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, final on Sunday. Yes. Um, Next. Uh, Andrew says, will Fallon and Lisa play at the WDF World Championship next year? Um, I would expect to see one of them there, one of them not. Why not? If, well, no, look, if if Lisa picks WDF, she she will play there. Is what we're saying. If she went where where Fallon won't. Yeah. It wasn't a what one Lisa picks. It was. Out, out of the two, one definitely won't. Yeah. 
says Southgate in love from Scotland. Off someone very, very quickly, Sean. <laughs> you know, my third favorite Scott behind Jim McEwen and Andy Murray. I thought you were Gary Anderson's biggest fan. Oh, I forgot him. Sean, who you fought? Oh. <laughs> Put snake bar there and all, but he's not actually Scottish, so you know. <laughs> I knew that was coming. <laughs> Myself a bit. You beat Hendo though. Good job. Well done, Radio. Uh, good one from Philip here, as always. Which TV event are you most looking forward to until the Worlds? Now we're all going to disagree over this. I know it. Um, oh, I know. TV event between now and the Worlds. Netweed. <laughs> and that's why you got relegated, Sean, because you couldn't resist that comment. <laughs> um, for me, it's the Slam. Slam free. What? The Slam is the worst one, Phil. No, you're wrong. Jesus. You're a wronger. You're actually a wronger. I like to say what I want to say, but you're actually a wronger. <laughs> Come on, we're past the watershed. You're fine. All right, lock you up with Prince Andrew. You're a wronger. <laughs> Christ. I can't believe you just said that. I like the slam. So what, uh, Andrew's, Andrew's made a very good point. Players Championship finals, day one, yes. I'm looking forward to. There's one day I'm looking Turn forward up, to probably between Watch the darts and hopefully I'm too drunk to remember the snooze fest that will be England's performance. I'm looking forward to it. Get to the darts and actually be in bed at a sensible time and get a proper night's sleep in my head. Phil, you used to go home and away to England. Surely you're going to watch again. I didn't watch any, hardly any of the Euros in the summer. I just relied on our WhatsApp chats to tell us what was going on. You're miserable. I just think that the clan in charge will bore everyone to death. Right, dart show. Prince Andrew. Let's move on. <laughs> um, but yeah, it will be good. Um, uh, Brock says, is Adrian Lewis showing signs of getting back to his best again? Uh, yeah, but we keep saying it. But yeah, look, he looked very good at the weekend and hopefully he kicks on. Yeah. Said it before. Hopefully, hopefully we'll see, and no better opportunity than that rate. Uh, Fallout yeah. bar for the Grand Prix, yes. Uh, 
Oh, Boise, you should know better. Your comment's been held for review. You should yeah. know better. I hide it. I don't want to see that. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That's that's probably been set in uh, been sat in my chat for about forty five minutes. I've just been waiting to hit the send button. I was waiting for the perfect time. But now we're in further um, time. Why not just help you? Yeah. <laughs> um, right, last few then. What have we got? James says, can we get God like this every week? No. Who would, I'm like this every week. Who would you choose to check out at 170 to save your life? Me. Tommy nice knowing you all. In the check room. In his prime of Ittenham, was there anyone better than Whitlock? I'm saying in his prime of hitting and Whitlock just gobbled them up. Me. Oh, good question here from Johnny. I like this one. Player with the highest ceiling that never did anything. I like this question. What are we classing as? Yeah. Because there's a couple of world youth champions you could have a crack at. Definitely. What's his name? Hubbard. James Hubbard. Aaron Monk. Corey Cadby. Is a UK Open semi or final the World Series final doing anything? Um, Terrible timing, and I hope he's not still watching, but I think Mr. Mace might have to be in that conversation. He's going to slap me next time I see him. Um... Yeah, there's been there's, there's been a few. But for, for, for his ability, Adrian Lewis is still underachieved. Uh, that sounds ridiculous. He's, considering he's, he's, he's not done anything. No, I'm not saying he's not done anything, but for the ability that he had, I think he should have won more. Oh yeah. Raymond Van Barneveld is revered as one of the best players of all time. He's had a stinker of a career in the last twenty years. Yeah. Just thinking of some more recent. Do you think people like Jeff would as one would would push on and in terms of he's still got time. I'm looking at players that are out of the game. Yeah. Right. Last couple then. You lot have been on fire tonight. Um Bo in the super series, as she's been asked. 
Um, there was one, I can't remember where it was, that if we were creating a new tournament, what would it look like? So we'll finish it on this one. I've got two options. I've got two, two I'd like to see. Two versions of a tournament. One for me, definitely the Ryder Cup style tournament. And two, the Royal Rumble style tournament would be the two that I'd like to see. First one, fantastic. Second one, not. Again, I'll move you up on that one. Not happening. Oh, the Royal Rumble tournament like, would be amazing. That's like Tom Foley wanted a all-star game in the Premier League. Yeah, but I like that as well. Bin the Community Shield off, what no one cares about, and have an all-star game instead. No. no. Look, they just changed the NFL one because players are too much at risk of getting injured. You've already got clubs that don't release players, and you're going to say, oh, yeah, let's have an all-star game. I wonder why you're actually watching an all-star game that's got Ryan Bertrand up against, I don't know, James Tarkovsky. Didn't, th- didn't think that one through, did you? I'm trying to think of somebody bang average. Jordan Henderson, one... Trent Alexander-Arnold could all play it then. just not happening they've also just made the nfl one non-contact so what's the equivalent here a game of crab football through the middle of wembley they do it at basketball which is half ass nobody plays defense and they try and break the scoring record every year by jacking up shots from their own half they're just not competitive because nobody wants to get hurt yeah but you can say that about the community shield it's not competitive because no one wants to get injured for the first game of the season. I disagree. And it's plus, competitive, then you seven nil every year. And plus, the community shield's boring because it's always Man City. Don't be mad, be better then. Also, all right, give, all right, give, 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 give us a billion pounds then, and we will. Then we win that. You had a billion pounds. You spent it on a stadium that's currently being used to play. Rugby in pants at the weekend. Dodge show, gentlemen. Dodge show. <laughs> um, to be fair, I absolutely loved tonight's show. Um, it's been superb. Remember, the Super Series returns tomorrow morning. Uh, Mace on comms with Matty Edgar from 9.30. The World Grand Prix starts on Monday. Um, which we will be there. No live lounge next week, but we will have the fallout bar with all the response as it happens. Remember, last year was a little bit jazzy at times, wasn't it? Don't like me. Anyway, great show. Lovely to see you all. Can you press the end button now? Because I really need to go and have a crap. There you go. Goblins go to the loo. So that is us signing out. Thank you very much. Hit the subscribe button and we'll see you all very, very soon. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.